1: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. This,
0: this, this, is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 848. We are the multi-award-winning Fight Disciples and this podcast. Is dedicated to the world of MMA. Lots going on. So buckle up, buttercup. Viva Mexico! For the seventh time in UFC franchise Franchise history, Uh, we are off uh, to Mexico. Mexico City is the destination this weekend. And the card is absolutely littered with hometown heroes. This is what you do, you see. No more. We don't need no Apex. Don't need it. Keep the apex for another day. Get the UFC into local territories, bringing out those local fighters on local time zones, and the place will absolutely boom. I'm so excited about this. Obviously, we had a number card last weekend, which was sensational. We saw a change of the guard in the featherweight division. We've got featherweights on deck uh, in Mexico, which could pop up uh, the next title contender, even though both of them have had title shots uh, in the not-too-distant past. The card itself, as you look at it from top to bottom, stacked, ladies and gentlemen, with some sensational cards. It is the card of the weekend. I don't care what anybody says. Point me all you want towards Saudi Arabia. Couldn't care less. Mexico is your destination for elite level MMA this weekend. Oh my days. I'm a little bit jealous, actually. I've never um I've never watched fight sports in Mexico. Obviously. Massive boxing heritage out there. Now it seems to be getting a huge. MMA. Mm -hmm. MMA uh, following two. And with Dana coming out and saying, listen, September bank holiday weekend, we're taking over the sphere in Las Vegas and it's all going to be Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. The UFC are heavily invested, man. They're all in. Yeah, and this, as you say, this card, what was it, 12 fight
1: card and there's 10 Mexicans on there. Absolutely insane. What we've seen after the pandemic, don't forget, because this is the first time back in Mexico since 2019, 2020, To the first time post-pandemic, we're going back to Mexico. Everywhere else, there's always been a reaction. First show back in the UK, first show in Paris, first Mm. show outside of the West Coast, first show back in in Canada. The atmosphere has been absolutely mental. It's like the fans there have been banking it up for all that time, all that time during lockdown, watching Fight Island, watching the Apex cards, just like... When that fight car comes back to my hometown, comes back to my country, I'm going to go mental. And no one goes mental for fights quite like Mexican fans. Honestly, I think the atmosphere this weekend is going to be ridiculous. And those 10 fighters are going to get... These are the moments that all these fighters train their entire lives for. To be on a big card in your home country, supported by home fans, friends, family, you name it. Everyone from the neighborhood coming to watch you fight for the 10 Mexicans on this card. Their entire career, this could be the highlight moment, regardless of what they do beyond here or what they've done previously. Walking out on Saturday night in Mexico City for these 10 athletes could be the greatest walkout moment of their careers. Mega, it's gonna be boss. How, how many mariachi bands do you reckon we're gonna wear at the weekend? I'm telling you, mate, honestly, it's gonna be there's something better. By the there's way, that's 10, 10 Mexican nationals. You've also got the likes of Paul Rojas Jr. and people like that, who I'm not even including on that list, who've got Mexican heritage. It's going to be fucking yeah.
0: insane. Yeah, man. I love it. Mexican flags. So jealous. Full sombreros, because you know Raul Rosa's studio is going to be doing that. And then the minute that... kicks off and it just goes wild. Oh, mate, I'm so jealous. So yeah. jealous that I'm not in attendance for this. I, th- I actually think uh, I was Mexican in a past life, you know. I genuinely do you do like honestly chili
1: sauce, I'll give you mate, that,
0: yeah. the amount of chili fajitas mate i'm all in pacifico pacifico clara <laughs> mate I, I
1: genuinely think i was mexican in a past life you would suit a mexican mustache i'll give you that that's for damn sure oh, man. the i think right now you know with in, in you have a bucket list don't you in your career of, of places you'd like to go events you'd like to cover Opportunities to sit ringside, cage side, whatever it may be. And, Mm. you know, everyone has the standard ones of, you know, Madison Square Garden and Las Vegas and these kind of events. And then when you start broadening it out, obviously Tokyo, Japan for me remains the number one, top of the list. That's the one place I've never been yet. And I'm absolutely determined to go there and cover a fight, ring or cage, doesn't matter. One day I will be in Tokyo covering a fight. But very close behind it now is Mexico. It's always been on the bucket list because of the traditions of boxing in Mexico, to go to Guadalajara, to go to Mexico City, to cover a boxing event, hopefully featuring some high-profile fighters. But very much now, it's equally to get there and cover a UFC events, cover an MMA events, because it's co- it's captured the entire nation. You know, it started with Cain Velasquez, this Me- this American with Mexican roots, winning the title. It really started catching fever. But now with Grasso, with Moreno, like they're they contending in multiple weight divisions. They've had belts in multiple weight divisions. It absolutely has, and it's no surprise that the UFC are making this kind of commitment to that region. The first event at the Sphere will be a celebration of Mexican MMA in Las Vegas. Unreal. And
0: we're going this called rematches. Sick, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. We've got rematches. We've got big the ramifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Brandon Moreno. Brandon Royval. It was Albazi, but Albazi pulled out and third player to Royval He's going to give it me, man. I'll go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Let's get this thing on. Uh, because we've seen Brandon Royval come up uh, slightly short against uh, Alexandre Pantoja, the current champion. And both of these guys are coming off losses to Pantoja. Um, I would say that Moreno's fight with Pantoja was tighter, closer than the one with Brandon Royval. Even though Royval threw, yeah. yeah, uh, threw the kitchen sink at it, yeah. Even though Royval, even though threw the kitchen sink at it, and he was super competitive all the way through the course of the fight, and he left no stone unturned, he left no doubts. He went for it, uh, but he came up short. So we know that he's at the level. We know that he's nearly there. And obviously, putting his hand up to fill in for Amir Albazi uh, to take on Brandon Moreno in Mexico just shows uh, his ambition and where he wants to be with his next fight. They have done this before. And Brandon Moreno showed Brandon Moreno things, uh, getting the job done with uh, a first round TKO the first time that these guys made. But it's fair to say, Brandon Royval, there's a switch gone on. So much changed in Brandon Royval, especially since the victory over Matthias Nicolau. It's all set for an absolute firecracker of a fight. Two guys coming off losses to the current champion. Do you want to be champion? We're going to find out on Saturday night. Oh, mate, it's a brilliant matchup.
1: It's. Do you know what? This and the co-main, we can kind of talk about them collectively. The Moreno versus Royval and Rodriguez versus Ortega they're basically rematching for exactly the same reason both mm. moreno and rodriguez have got first round tkos when they fought, faced these opponents previously but that doesn't tell a story both fights were stopped because of injuries injuries Sholders yeah yeah, yeah. Popping out. both roy val and brian ortega's shoulder popped out of the joint and they had to stop the fight. And the fight was recorded as a TKO defeat in their favour. So both Moreno and Rodriguez, yes, they had their hand raised. Yes, it was a TKO. But there's so much more than that. The fight was... And listen, it happened during the fight. It happened in the clinch. In Rodriguez's yeah. case, he was fighting off Ortega, who took him down. And he was trying to get an bar. And Ortega pulled his arm out and pulled it out of the socket. And in Moreno and Roy Val. They were, they were scrambling around on the ground. Roy Val's arm got stuck between Moreno's leg. He locked his arm down. And as he did it and pulled back, Roy Val tried to pull his arm out and pulled his arm out of the socket. So there's real narratives here in both. Where the, where the similarities end, though, is inactivity in the co main event. Ortega hasn't done anything in the 19 months since his shoulder popped out against Rodriguez. He's been recovering, training, do whatever. There's no body of work to look at. The difference with Roy Val, and okay, it was four years ago rather than 19 months ago. Roy Val has since only lost to Alexander Pantoya, the same guy that Moreno has lost to most recently as well. In between that, Roy Val beat three of the top 10 contenders. So, yes, he has developed. Yes, he has gotten better. Yes, he has. Yes, he is in a real strong revenge frame of mind. But then Moreno's on home soil. Moreno is the whole Mexican fighter. He is part of the reason UFC are going big on Mexico is because of Brandon Moreno, because of his title run, because of his rivalry with Figueredo, because of his personality, because of the fact that he crosses over. He does commentary for the UFC down in Mexico. He is basically one of the poster boys of UFC Mexico. So this card is built around him and Rodriguez, the homecoming. The two superstars who are about to fight for the titles again. They're just going to win these final eliminators in fights that they've won before, but there's a caveat behind that reason they've won before. Brilliant matchmaking. Two brilliant fights. And, mate, Roy bal has got it all. Roy bal has got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And you could say the same thing about Ortega.
0: Hmm. Uh, you know that I back Moreno to be champion by the end of the year in this division. I think he... I think it'll be too much for Brandon Royval this weekend. If he's on, sharp, focused, inspired by the Mexican people. We've seen this dude do four fights with Davison Figueiredo. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's won some, he's lost some, drawn some. But look at the performances. He is 100%. No quitting him whatsoever. Developed so much as a martial artist. And even in the fight that he loses to Alexandre Pantoja, it's narrow. There's an argument that he might have had his hand raised in that particular Mm -hmm. fight. He is still elite. He's not on the slide, even though he's coming off the back of a loss. Brandon Moreno absolutely is going in the right direction, but there's still questions. Are you at the top, top level, mate? Can you get to the top, top level? This is it. This may as well be a title fight for him because Brandon Moreno is that level. If he can get over Brandon Moreno, then he's absolutely well worthy of jumping straight back in with Alexandre Pantoja. No doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that Moreno will have too much for him. I think it's going to be an absolute war. It can't not be. You're in Mexico, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. These two dudes are throwing the kitchen sink at each other.
1: Yeah, I think on the feet, it's kind of, it's kind of even, even though Moreno has got more experience and probably got the power advantage. I think Roy Val, if he can use his length this time, Um, Because in the first fight, I watched the first fight back yesterday And he was scared to really let his hands go Even though he's got the big reach advantage and the the length advantage Roy Val, he was really scared to commit to his shots Because he didn't want Moreno to take him down And then when Moreno did take him down It was because Roy Val tried to spin and back kick Fluffed it, Moreno took him down And that ultimately led to what became the arm pop and the finish The grappling exchange which he lost out on he's got to have a little bit more confidence in his striking he's got to keep the fight on its feet of course because Moreno is so strong on the ground, he's so active, his ground on pounds, unbelievable, why did he come up short there in his title fight because Pantoja is the fucking elite jiu-jitsu black belt that is, the ground is his, is his happy place, he's like a shark He's he's a fish out of water on the feet Take him down to the ground. That's where Pantoja wants to be, and he's a concrete blanket. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. That's where he does his best work. That's Moreno's ace in his hole as well. He's great on the feet. He's tidy, but get him on the ground. That's where he outworks and outgrounds you, and that's where he came up short. Roy Val's not that same kind of animal on the ground. So as long as Roy Val keeps it standing, he's in this fight. And if we get a fist fight to please the Mexican crowd, and Moreno's more than capable of doing that and turning that on, fantastic. We're going to have a belter, but. Again, Moreno's just got that. He could, Moreno could be having it with Roy Val for four minutes of every round, and the crowd could be electric, and they could both be landing kicks and punches, and it could be super entertaining. Moreno's slipping, landing big shots, cracking him on the chin. Roy Val's getting his kicking game going. Great. Oh, my God, which way is this round going? And then all it takes is for Moreno just to drop a level, take him down, beat him up on the ground for a minute, and just solidify that round. That's what he's got in the lock, and that's what Roy has got to overcome. <laughs> I, I, love it you, well, I love it when
0: you get excited, man. And you sway from side to side and the head movement's going in. The jabs are coming out and then the crosses are all in there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it a moment or two ago regarding the co event. Jair Rodriguez against uh, Brian Ortega. Uh, two brilliant guys. We've spent a bit of time with a pair of them. They're both brilliant fellas, uh, but they've fallen short in title fights. And uh, there's no... Listen... We're talking about an elite division here where Vulcan, uh, Max Holloway have dominated this division for such a long period of time. These two guys have fallen short uh, to those fellows. Uh, inactivity. Let's talk that first uh, with Brian Ortega. Um, that shoulder injury happened in July, 2022. We haven't seen him since. This is his first fight back since that shoulder injury. All right. Um, here's a stat for you, or here's a fact, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor has had more stoppage victories in the last four years than Brian Ortega. Since Brian Ortega's last stoppage victory, Conor McGregor's mm-hmm. had more stoppage victories. His last stoppage victory was, um, was in Kobe 2018. Or, or Frankie? Yeah, 2018. He's won and three in his last four. And that stretches back to 2018. Obviously, he's been out, as I've just said, inactive mm-hmm. since uh, July 2022. That's big, mate. Especially when you're taking on a young... I say young. He's hes still relatively young and fresh. I know he's been in some wars, but an elite, creative, really flowing, feeling-himself striker in uh, in Rodriguez, whose only losses recently are to the elite dudes, Max and uh, Volkanovski.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, <clears throat> I really like Brian Ortega I, I like Rodriguez, don't get me wrong I fucking love Yair Rodriguez um, But I really like Brian Ortega And when he came through with that 14-0 and Unbeaten run, he looked like the new guy Didn't he? He looked like the new king of the castle He looked like it was inevitable When he ran through Moicano Disposed of Cub Swanson Swatted the side Former champion Frankie Edgar You were like, oh shit, this guy's Got striking, and of course he's got an elite jiu-jitsu game, an elite ground game, and then he falls short against Max Holloway. Um, got stopped, if you remember, Max busted his face up. Mate, you know, he,
0: stopped, he, got he got the shit beaten out of him. Max was
1: outstanding, and it's nights like that where you go, "Will he ever be the same again? Will he ever be the same fighter again?" And I don't know whether he is. You know, he got chance but, on
0: young. Mate, that he was great against Zombie. He was. He was. Mate, he's come back because he had the shaved head. He come back, he looked like a, a 2.0 version, didn't he? And I thought, fucking hell, mate. He's gone over that. Fair play to him. But then, because this division's horrifically tough,
1: he rolled straight into fucking Volkanovski.
0: Yeah.
1: Who was a better version of Max Holloway. Volkanovski gave him a bit of a hiding.
0: And then... He but Volkanovski back. also broke his heart because the best, the best thing Ortega can do, submit dudes. Exactly. And he couldn't and he couldn't pop him. And He had it. Oh, he was that, mate. You don't get, you do not lock that in better than what he locked it in on Volkanovski. And yeah. he still didn't win. So you're right to bring up what does that do up here? Exactly. What does it do inside your head? So, so then he rolls into the
1: Yael yeah, Rodriguez fight. And when I say roll, by the way, these fights are like a year apart. You know, he fought Max in 2018, didn't come back until Zombie in 2020. Then he fought Volk in 2021. Then a year later, he fights Yair Rodriguez, 2022. Then he obviously gets his arm mm. popped out in the first round. Like if he had no bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Brian Ortega. But that's a journey that he's been on. As you say, last time he had back-to-back wins, 2018. Since 2018, he's gone one and three. It's a guy that used to be 14 and 0. He was mm. the guy, and now he's Mr. Forgotten in this weight division in the entire sport. He's Mr. Forgotten, Brian Ortega. I bet a lot of people thought I bet he he's sick of people coming up, going, Oh mate, what a great career you had. Wait a minute. I'm not retired. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were retired, Brian. Do you know what I mean? Because he's he just we just haven't seen him at all. And now, because the way it's just played out, he's gonna roll straight into a second fight with Yar Rodriguez with all that playing on his mind. He'll be remembering New York, what happened in New York. Will he have the confidence in that shoulder to engage in the clinch? Because a lot of Brian Ortega's best work is done in the clinch. He doesn't want to stand out, especially with someone like Rodriguez, a creative striker. You want to close the distance, clinch them up against the fence, dirty boxing, scrap away, trips, falls, get them down to the ground, take them to where your world is. Well, if, if that involves a lot of arms, a lot of clinch work, a lot of up and over, a lot of lift and pulling. That's the worst place. That's exactly how his shoulder popped out last time. So he's going to be forced to maybe strike a little bit more, keep the range a little bit more, keep his distance a bit more. That's bread and butter for Yayo Rodriguez. It's such mm. a tough fight for him. Such a tough fight.
0: I think there's pressure on both guys. I know that- Last weekend, we had a shuffling of the deck, didn't we? We've got a new king in town at Featherweight, Ilya Tapuri. That breathes new life into the division. Everybody gets excited again going, well, I I had my chance against Vault, fell short. I had my chance against Max, I fell short. Oh, there's a new guy here. He's going to need some opponents. That's me. I'm next. Well, hang on a minute. Both of these guys have had title shots recently. They've both fallen short. You need to make a statement because there is a guy called Max Holloway who's probably ahead of you. And I know that Max is Max. Yeah, of course, of course. Max is obviously matched up in April, so that might keep him out for a period of time. They might be able to jump in, but you've got to make a statement. You have got to do something this weekend which gets people on the edge of the seats going, wow! Yaya Rodriguez, I think, has been brilliant media-wise, because he's gone off. He's just completely gone off on Ilya Taporia, hasn't he? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Calling him all names under the sun. I I don't want to just go and be champion. I want to beat I think he said, "I want to beat the fuck out of this guy." Is what, is basically yeah, yeah. what he's basically saying. So every Mexican fan's going, well, "Hey, we're all in on that, my man. Let's go!" And Spanish speaking versus Spanish speaking in Spain could be absolutely gigantic. But he's got to do. He's got to do something for us to mm-hmm. go. Ah, we saw you against Volk. We saw Volk put manners on you, and Volk did put manners on him. That was exactly. a sensational performance seven months ago from Volkanovsky yaya has got to bounce back, he's got to put a performance together, he's got to do it against Brian Ortega, a guy that's been at the elite level, get on that microphone, rock it, viva Mexico the shit out of it, of which pushes him forward, if Volk's taking a break, you're in son, away we mm. go, you could be the guy taking on Ilya Taporia in Spain.
1: Yeah, uh, I bet you Taporia's a little bit like, Fucking hell, how did I hell. when did I piss on your chips? But I get it as you right as you say whether it's genuine or not I think I think Elliot has spoke shit about him in the past online or whatever but this is Rodriguez has manufactured a massive yeah. rivalry he's manufactured Good. this to go right that I'm going to fucking destroy that guy you think he's there <clears throat> two things one careful now don't look past this guy yeah. don't look past Brian Ortega because yeah. Brian Ortega in the first fight got again, it, it's only one round long, but Ortega wasn't losing the fight. It wasn't like a uh, Leon was Edwards full-out yeah. situation where he were rescued by the foul or whatever. Ortega was was manhandling. Uh Yaya Rodriguez and um, with the fight was going the way Brian Ortega would have wanted the fight to go. I know it was only a round long, but you know. Yair, it wasn't like Yaya put a rubber stamp on it. Now, right has in, in between his two title shots, and not just Volkanovski, but Max Holloway put manners on him as well. Max Holloway battered him. But in between that, he's had the Brian Ortega TKO injury, and he's had the performance against Josh Emmett. Now, against Josh Emmett, that was an eliminator fight. That's why he fought Volk. He was magnificent. He was fantastic. But Josh Emmett, a come-forward warmonger, battler, striker, easy to hit, a little bit predictable, tough as old boots, great stoppage, but you know what you're getting with him. Brian Ortega's a different kettle of fish, or he used to be. That's the problem. We don't know what carnation of Brian Ortega this is going to be. But Brian Mm -hmm. Ortega's in any way still the same fighter he was when he was 14 and 0. And it just so happened that, like Yai Rodriguez, Max Holloway and Volkanovski exist in this space at the same time. Shit. But other than them, I'm I'm a real guy. If that Brian Ortega can turn back the clock, if he can stay fit, obviously. I think this is a really tough fight for Jair Rodriguez. And if he's only talking about tapora don't be Ooh. surprised Sunday morning if Taporas posting videos on social media laughing his bollocks off because Brian Ortega's just choked out Jair Rodriguez.
0: Taporia.
1: Can I keep saying tapora <laughs> <laughs> <keep> <laughs> No, I get, sick. I get sick with that all the time.
0: Oh. He knows what I mean.
1: Me and, me and Ilya are tight. El talk. Batador. El, El Batador. There you go. That's El what we need to do, do like. from
0: now on. Um, Toporia. <clears throat> if you want to cause absolute havoc, uh, why don't you match, uh, match up a Mexican with an Argentinian? Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Let's let's chuck that into the mix as well for uh, for this uh, fight night card because you've got Daniel uh, Zuluba taking on Francisco Prado, Mexico versus Argentina. Now, Daniel Zuluba comes to the UFC, a lot of hype about him, lots of noise about him, mm-hmm. uh, but he's currently two on one. Um, in the franchise. Uh, Prado is one and one in the UFC, but the, his first one they lost, second one he wins. And the second one that he wins is against uh, Azatar. He lost to Jamie Malarkey. So he's been in with some top dudes already mm-hmm. as Francisco uh, Prado. All his wins, all his wins at MMA, finishes. Don't like going to judges, this kid. He just likes to have a scrap. Both of these fellas have got 50% knockout rates. Guess what's happening? I'll see you in the middle. It's Mexico. They're going to demand in it. They're going to be screaming from the rafters. Come on, then, Give me a war. Yep. This has got an absolute firecracker written all over it. Zuluba, lots of hype. He could be the next generation. Yeah, okay. He's fallen short already in the UFC, but this is UFC. You're fighting the best mm-hmm. dudes, man. Could happen. He's bounced back. He's two and one. And he's taking on a kid that loves knocking dudes out, mate. Couldn't be assed. Well, but listen, both these
1: guys are very similar in terms of one's twelve and one, one's fourteen and one, one's twenty-three years of age. The other one's twenty-one years of age. The fucking golden boy and the you know the new the new pride of Argentina. Like this is the type of this is why MMA continues to dominate the fight sports space because this is just basically a fight that you wouldn't see in on a boxing card or anywhere out probably anywhere outside of the UFC. These are two young guys with massive potential that both stumbled at the first hurdle. Both, they both lost in their UFC debut. Since mm-hmm. that, they put it right. They've both got a couple of stoppages in the UFC. Now, boom, we're upwards, we're running, let's go. And they've gone, right, you two come together. It's fucking magnificent matchmaking. It really is. It's magnificent, and this is why the UFC is where it is. This is why it's the creme de la creme, the Champions League of fight sports, because fights like this are being made. It's an absolutely brilliant fight. They can both bang. They're both finishers. It's in Mexico, featuring a Mexican, against a 21-year-old with a 100% finish rate. Fucking come on. It's got a fight that i written um, all over.
0: It. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, youngsters developing, moving forward, 19-year-old Raul Rosas Jr. is back, taking on Ricky uh, Tur- Turcios. I think he's how you it pronounce yours. it. Apologies if I've uh, pronounced that wrong. Uh, like I said, the development of a 19-year-old. He burst onto the scene. We all get de- dead excited, didn't we? Great grappling. Great grappler, the kid. Falls short in his second fight. Comes back, shows some uh, new wrinkles. He's uh, he's ironing some stuff out. He's working. Great to see. Two and one in the UFC. Uh, Turakios is uh, two and one in the UFC. Ain't got any finishes as of yet. It does feel, if I'm dead honest, a little bit of a set for Raul Rossa Studios to go and style off. Make sure you wear your sombrero and give the Mexican fans uh, what uh, mm-hmm. what you want. But from uh, from Ricky's point of view, listen, man, you have got an opportunity here. He's supposed to be the next generation of Mexican MMA. This kid, go on, go and get it. St- go and get it stolen or oh, Mexican heritage MMA, should I say? Go and get that stolen.
1: Yeah, uh, and listen, pretty Ricky's got nothing to lose. He's gonna da- he's gonna go down there. He's got a lot more experience, a lot more age on the clock. He's from. I think, he's, I think he still fights out of Team Alpha male. So he's in an experienced gym and he's probably been waiting for a big opportunity like this. And that's what Raul Rossas Jr. brings to the table. Yes, he's only 19. Yes, the kid's got a lot of work to do. I still think he's very raw. He's an incredible grappler, but his striking still needs a lot of work. And I think if you're Ricky Terkios, you look at what Christian Rodriguez did when Christian Rodriguez was brought in as a next opponent. Christian Rodriguez went, right, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for an opportunity to show you just how good I am. And Christian Rodriguez turned up, battered Raul Rosas Jr., exposed mm. his hole, the holes in his game and rode off into the sunset and built a bit of a name for himself. But okay, Raul Rosas Jr. has come back and had that good win over Terence Mitchell. Another, another first-round finish. I like the kid. I think he's got so much talent. I think this is a brilliant fight for him. It's a brilliant opportunity for Pretty Ricky. And I think the Mexican fans are going to respond to it. How can, with Raul Rossos Jr., because he is such a young talent, getting the opportunity with the UFC this early in his career, you know, it, it brings a lot of pressure with it. And okay, I'm quite happy the fact that he lost. I'm glad Christian Rodriguez took that zero away at the end of his fucking, on, at the end of his ledger, because that takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've lost one now. Don't worry about it. Go out there and enjoy yourself. Just be you. So, I again, good bit of matchmaking. Rob Rossos Jr., if he's going to get there, El, what's his name, El Nino Problema? If he's going to get yeah. there, these are the types of boxes that he needs to take off along the way.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Sam Hughes has got a work cut out with Jasmine uh, uh The Mexican fighter, good striker. Uh, I think it, th- that feels like a showcase to me. It feels like, go on, girl. Gone, uh, gone, send the uh fans into a little bit of a, a frenzy, and then, um, from our own British point of view, this is what we like to see go on, kick off that main card. Why not send an absolute lunatic Scottish person out yep. to Mexico to take on a local fella? Two lads that are both two and oh in the UFC, both lads absolutely love to strike, so there won't be any rolling around on the deck, and one lad in Chris Duncan's point of view, coming off the back of a fantastic win against an absolute killer in Ashmooz. Yes, Ashmooz got injured in the middle of the fight, but he got injured because Chris Duncan was smashing away in his arms and breaking his arms and doing all sorts of stuff to him. Um, Manuel Torres, Chris Duncan, just send them the check now for fight of the night because you know that they're not going backwards and you know that one of them is going to go over. There's going to be Clara everywhere in this fight. It's What a way to kick off the main card. You've got Chris Duncan, a.k.a. The Problem. Absolute
1: Scottish lunatic. We all know that. And he's taken on a, a kid known as El Loco, which is Spanish for the crazy. crazy. <laughs> Manuel Torres, a.k.a. Mr. Crazy, a.k.a. 14 wins to the feet. What is it? 11, 13, 13 stoppages. So you've got a fucking 95% finish rate as Torres, El Loco, going in with Chris Duncan. It, it, it just, honestly, this fight is going to be absolutely insane. No feeling out, no downloading data, nothing technical, just 15 minutes <laughs> of fucking mayhem. Because that's how Chris Duncan fights. You don't get called the crazy by fucking going out there and filling up your opponents. Especially when the UFC are back in Mexico for the first time in four years. <laughs> Torres is going to come out like a fucking lunatic. Chris Duncan is a lunatic. And it's going to be absolutely insane. That's why it's opening up the main card. That's why it's the first fight on ESPN+. Plus, because it will be insane.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the prelims, there's a couple that are jumping off the page to me. The one that I'm really interested in is uh, Edgar Cherez against Daniel LaSierda. The reason for it, mate, is because if That's you remember... That's the rematch,
1: isn't it? That's the other yeah, rematch? The, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is the rematch. This was originally on Grasso Shevchenko, right? Uh, so this is a rematch that uh, was a no contest in, uh, in the first time that these guys met. Neither of them have ever won in the UFC. Neither of them. So, Chárez lost his uh, debut last July. Then they had this fight, which ended up in a no contest. And Lacerda, the Brazilian, he's 0 and 4 in the UFC. And guess what? He's been stopped every single time. Yeah. So they've gone, fucking hell, oh, we need to give this kid a break. Let's go and find somebody else who's uh, on a bit of a losing streak as well. Go on, then we'll get Shirez in there. Mexican. It kind of it's kind of worked out nicely because obviously this was on the original Mexico Independent weekend card in uh, September of last year in mm. Vegas. Um, no contest. It was rebooked, I think, for October or November. It didn't materialize. And then obviously they said, right, we're going to Mexico anyway in, in February. So we might as well just boost you lads over there because you're Mexican. Right then. Go on then. Bosh, off you go. Um, fingers somebody's gonna come out with a win, hopefully. Hopefully, there's going to be some positive direction for one of these lads. Um, so, yeah. Just wanted to give you that narrative off uh, off there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Claudio Puelles, who's um, taking on the Ferez ZM. ZM, yeah. is... that, that's my
1: pick of the prelims, there. That.
0: Puelles loves, loves a knee bar, doesn't
1: he? Yeah. Puelles is very much a specialist. I think he's got nine finishes, seven of them have been submissions in his 12 wins. Okay, he's coming off a loss against Dan Hooker, but that just shows you the momentum he had going into that fight. He was undefeated in a, in a fucking lot of fights. Got the Dan Hooker fight for a shot at the top ten and fell short. Uh, and, and we're talking about Fezziham, who we were there in person, absolutely lit up the place over in Paris. Massive to finish though. Needs So talented. Though, <laughs> he is. You know what? He's got a, He's got a bunch. He's got nine finishes on his record. So he, you know he's got a high finish rate. But in the UFC, it just hasn't happened for yeah. him. You know, it, it feels a had... bit. It
0: feels a bit like uh, Kyle Borrello. Do you know, like, yeah. brilliant. But then just put and then gets the finish. Where's he the moment? I think he needs. It. Yeah, I think he needs it this weekend, man. So he's had what now seven,
1: six or seven in the UFC. Lost on his debut um, on points. Got beat by Terence McKinney, I think it was last year, year before. But other than that, it's been all wins. And obviously, you know, we had the big win over Jamie Malarkey early on. He had a big win over Michael Figla. I think that was in Paris. And then, obviously, he fought Jai Herbert. I now pointed Jai Herbert last time out. That was in, in July. So, he's in good form. Puelles is the big talent. He's the one a lot of people are talking about, the Peruvian. This is one of the very few fights on the card, by the way, which doesn't involve a Mexican. Oh, so, a lot of the Mexican yeah. fans might be going and getting in. They're at this point. But if you're at home, don't. Because I think this is going to be a belt-up. Puelles versus Ziam.
0: Yeah. Um, that's Mexico. That's the UFC. And that's where your attention absolutely should be this weekend. The atmosphere, I've no doubt, is going to be truly sensational. And the fights are going to deliver. And good luck to Chris Duncan carrying that Scottish flag out in Mexico City uh, in what is sure to be a bonus uh, related fight. One of them's <laughs> getting something. One of them's getting something, let me tell you. Uh, Saudi Arabia is also hosting a little bit of MMA this weekend. Because Into we've Turkey. got yes, uh Turkey El Sheikh is uh now involved. Well, he's he's uh hosting, let's say, uh the start of this new PFL Bellator Champions versus Champions uh scenario. Um you've got heavyweights on there, you've got uh middleweights on there, you've got some big names. Even Clarissa Shields mm, is uh is out there uh, on the prelims continuing her PFL. MMA journey nothing but aberration for Claressa Shields girl that's absolutely mopped up in the world of boxing still in a what is he 27 now I was going to say mid but mid to late 20s got the world of defeat in the world of boxing could quite comfortably just cruise along smashing people to pieces making some dough, but she's pushing herself, pushing her athletic prowess, and she's daring to be great. She's trying a new discipline, trying to become a champion over there as well, and nothing but aberration. Yes, she's going to fall short because she's not been doing this all her life at certain Mm -hmm. points, but listen, it's Clarissa Shields. She's going to get it at some point, and uh, maybe it starts uh, for her uh, this weekend. So looking forward to seeing her in action. Um, You've also got, I mean, it's Builders Champions Versus champions. I know that we've had some fights fall off. Some people have pulled out of certain fights. So the original billing isn't uh, to the standards as to what was originally announced. But you've got Hennem Ferreira mm-hmm. against uh, Ryan Bader. Imper Kassaniany, who uh, a lot of people will remember from uh, the UFC. He's the guy that was on the uh, end of that sensational knockout from Joaquin Buckley. Um, he's taking on Johnny Ebelin, who's probably the best fighter in the then Bellator, maybe this new franchise. Uh, he's a real, real talent. Is Johnny Eblen? You've got Pitbull in there. You've got, uh, I think on the prelims, Pico's on it. Yeah, Adam Pico's on the prelims. Uh, Nemkov stepping up in weight. You've got Tiago Santos and Yo Romero. There you go, just for a little bit of nostalgia. Clay Collard's in there as well against AJ McKee, who I'm a massive, massive fan of. So name value, mate. There's some there's some decent names in there. There's some okay matchups in there as well. It's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out at the weekend. Yeah, this this is basically
1: the best PFL, and well, it, it's all PFL now. <laughs> this is the best PFL could have done. This is the best card they could possibly put out. This is all their marquee names. Everyone that's available, as you say, one or two of the champions have had to pull out because of injury and whatever else. But this is this is the best of PFL. And Bellator, and we're getting it on Saturday night in Saudi Arabia, which should be in a, a hopefully a good time here in the UK. The PFL got a zone deal, so we can watch it on the, watch this on the zone, do we? Yeah, I think it's the zone. Yeah. That's the first, yeah, that's the first thing we need to clarify because Bellator's yeah. been a nightmare for years. I presume everything's on the zone now, which is great. Yeah. We know exactly where to go for it these days. Mm. And it's interesting. Listen, you know, it, it's hard to take. Ryan Bader Sirius serious as the Bellator heavyweight champion when hmm. we all know he fell short at light heavyweight in the UFC. But you know, let's not let's not compare here. It is what it is. I think Renan. Yeah, Fe- but in, Renan-
0: in, in in the world of football, you go into the Champions League. If you're no good in yeah, the Champions but- League, you end up falling into the Europa League, and this is where yes. we are.
1: That, that, that exactly that you know. And, and Henan Ferreira is a limited but a proper heavyweight. You know, the PFL champion's about fucking six foot nine. He's fucking massive. And Ryan Bader is a light heavyweight. That's seen an opportunity because of lack of heavyweights in Bellator and ran with it. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Bader's obviously got a lot more experience, but for is a genuine heavyweight. Um... Kassengaia against Johnny Eblen, I think, could be one of the marquee fights. Kassengaia's had a real lease of life since going over to Bellator, winning the tournament. Johnny Eblen, we're being told by everyone that trains with him, works with him. That this guy.
0: Kassengaia went PFL.
1: PFL, sorry. Yeah, Johnny Eblen's the Bellator champion. Yeah. Everyone that trains with Johnny Eblen says he's the best middleweight in the world. We'll never find out while he's competing with this organization. But still, he is legit. So you would think Johnny Eblen was going to come through there. Pitbull was supposed to be fighting the PFL champion that knocked out Brendan, that beat Braga in the final Mm. last year. He Mm. pulled out. uh, So Braga, who was the runner-up in the PFL featherweight tournament last year, he now steps up to fight Pitbull. Braga was supposed to be fighting Aaron Pico on the undercard. Pico's now fighting a stand-in called Henry Corrales. Ray Cooper, the third, is fighting Jason Jackson, the PFL welterweight champion, but the fights are catch weights because Cooper's come in late on. It, it's all a little bit clunky, to be honest with you. But the matchup should be sound. Nemkov gone to heavyweight, super exciting. Obviously, Nemkov was the Bellator light heavyweight champion, fucking destroyed everybody. Part of the reason why Bader ran away um, and, and looked untouchable. And now Nemkov just went, you know what? Too easy this kids. I'll go up to heavyweights. I'll go mm-hmm. to the big boys. Nemkov's not that big, though. I don't even think he's as big as me. He's only about six foot. So, he's talented, so he'll do well at heavyweight. He's How not far will he go? Big as, <laughs> as big as me. not as big as me. You know what I mean? not as big as me. Because I'm massive. I'm a big boy. I'm a proper <laughs> big boy. I'm a proper heavyweight. Nemkov's a blown-up heavyweight. He's taken on Bruno Capeloza, uh, who was in the PFL tournament as well. Listen, there's loads of good stuff here. There's, as you Yo say,
0: Romero's see, on it, man. There'll be some Yo good
1: Romero, media this week. God only knows what's pumping through their veins these days, but they'll Wait, have a good knock as well. Listen, in, in all
0: seriousness, Claire Collard versus AJ McKee, I really yeah. like that. I really like that. Yeah. AJ is an elite AJ fighter. But Clay, but Claire Collard, obviously, I know he's flirted with boxing, he's been back and forth and what have you, but Claire Collard has really stepped up um yeah. in his in his time within the PFL. So that's a really good fight. I, I fan, mm-hmm. listen. I fancy AJ McKee because I'm a huge fan, and I think he could go a, a very, very long way. Uh, but I think it's a great fight to start off. You've got some good names on the um, uh, on what you were classed as the prelims in Aaron Pico, who has absolutely got himself together after a yeah. couple of bumps. You've got uh, your man's is it his brother? Bia, is Biagio Nico's brother, Ali Walsh? Yeah, I think it's his older brother. Yeah. There you go. So you got Biagio. Dance- So Nico Ali-Walsh is in the world of boxing doing well with top rank at the moment. So you've got Biagio Mm -hmm. Ali-Walsh, who's uh, participating in this. This is his pro debut, this pro debut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, Clarissa Shields here, who's currently one and one in MMA. Let's see how she gets on against Kelsey DeSantis, who's making her debut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen, uh, again,
1: it's a lovely way for PFL to kick off their relationship with Saudi Arabia. It is Right now, they're best of their best coming together. Hopefully this means clarity. I would like to see the Bellator brand dissolved, me personally, because I, I yeah. don't think there's enough in the headspace keep, to get just it keep going. It clean. But,
0: just keep keep yeah. it clean, man. That's simple. Exactly.
1: So but if you know, I think there's I think there's about seven or eight fights here, six or seven, maybe eight fights of actual PFL versus Bellator. Who do you think's gonna win? If we're going to Ooh, ring fence it like that just for this one off event. Oh, are you going TFL or are you going Bellator?
0: Let me just get that back up because I've just got rid of the matchups there. I, I think my initial take, mate, might just be old school Bellator. Uh, Johnny Eblen, oh Pitbull. You don't think Eblen's that good?
1: No, I heard heard a child scream in the background. I said, that didn't sound too good.
0: Yeah, my daughter's got chicken pox. Oh, no. So she'll be having a a cream or whatever put on her at the moment. Uh, Do you know something? I'm going to edge. I'm going to edge towards Bellator just.
1: Yeah. Maybe by one. The standouts for Bellator for me are McKee, Nemkov, Pitbull, and Eblom. They yeah. they're they're the four. I'm, I'm thinking of
0: four three. I'm thinking four three. Yeah, you're right. I think it'll just be by one.
1: Yeah. But they're all under the same roof now, so it doesn't really matter. So there you go. Uh yeah. yeah Listen, I'm what they're the, looking forward the to it because but... what I will say is Uncle Turkey's sugar on top of boxing has fucking made it almost unmissable. The promos, everything else. Now I know certain Mr. Michael Tyson is currently on a plane. To Saudi Arabia, is easy, he? Is easy. He? I and Mike will be presenting the belts, obviously. <laughs> obviously, that's
0: what you did. Um, man.
1: so that, that adds that little bit of whatever you do, don't let him ref. I was at a US MMA event once with uh, with Terry Etim, and they brought Mike Tyson as a celebrity referee. This is a true story, by the way. And Terry Atom choked the guy out, and and in the, the guy was tapping and fucking coughing and spluttering, and, and, and Terry let go, and Mike was like that. Keep fighting, keep fighting. <laughs> he just tapped out there, Mike. No, no, keep going, keep going. Poor Terry Etten had to fucking put, put, put the kid to sleep before Tyson stopped it. So as long as he doesn't ref, we're all good. We're all good. But yeah, I, listen, I'm looking forward to seeing Uncle Turkey's whistles and bangs put on top, you know, they're presenting new belts that say champ, champ. Oh, have you seen the belt, by the way? No. I'm not a fan of belts. We're, we're a big advocate for being the belt here. A fight disciples, as you're well aware. But I've got to say, the new crossover Champ Champ belt that PFL have designed has a Super Bowl-style ring in the middle that pops out, and you can wear it on a night out. That's some good shit. I'm all in on I love Super Bowl rings. I would fucking love a Super Bowl ring. It pops out the belt. So you you don't have to wear the belt on a night out. You can, oh, no, leave that on the mantelpiece. But you can pop out your Super Bowl ring that will say, PFL, Bellator, champ, champ, and wear for it forever. Beautiful. Big fan. Uh,
0: the big uh, positive is that, one, you know what TV channel it will be on, the zone it's looking yeah. like. So it's, you don't have to scratch around to try and find this. And there's actual competition on the card, which is always a good thing as well. So well worthy of dipping in and having a nosy at that. Uh, but for me, the Premier stuff this weekend is in Mexico. Uh, as Brandon Moreno takes on Brandon Royval and Yaya Rodriguez and Brian Ortega go at it. Huge fight. Mexico, come out, man. I'm so jealous if you go into it. You're in for a treat. Uh, And I'm sure that the fighters won't let you down either. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for tuning in to the Fight Disciples podcast. You can see that red button in the corner, yeah? Hit it. Press that. It'll ask you to subscribe to the channel. You'll never miss out on any of the stuff that we're bringing you. Uh, We'll be back at the start of next week to review everything that we've just been speaking about. So thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.